five, four, three, two, one. Welcome, everybody, to Weiss Camera Action. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Weiss, alongside the King of Corden himself, Alex M. Weiss. Good evening. And joining us once again, the Duchess of Dunwoody, the Sage of Sandy Springs, Erica J. Lavender. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hope everyone is well. How are you, how are y'all doing today? It's it's a kind of a coldish but beautiful day here in the world. Uh I'm doing pretty well. Uh without going into any too too many details, things are good. 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 Erica? Uh I'm doing pretty well as uh as well. Um currently babysitting. The kids are asleep except for one kid may or may not be awake, but I think he's fine. So that's how that's going. <laughs> oh, good. Um, I I myself am doing really well. Um, so, Alex, this is probably your first time hearing it, but I was in a car accident yesterday. You sent me a picture. Oh wait, never mind, Alex. This isn't your first time hearing it. Um, I didn't I don't know what happened. You just I don't know who all I don't know who all I've told who all I haven't told. But anyways, yeah, I was. I was on my way, uh, I was going to Erica's house, very classic, and um, the sun was on its way down, you know, you know how it is, like, sun rises and sets, um, and, yep, I was heading eastbound, according to the uh, incident report, um, and the sun was glaring in my rearview mirrors, much like headlights do at night. This had never happened to me before, ladies and gentlemen. I have never had the sun do this. Um, so I was adjusting my mirror, and um, the light must have just turned green. So it was like that awkward moment where no one has their foot on the brake, really, but no one's going yet. So I didn't see any brake lights, and I just plowed right into the person in front of me um luckily no one was hurt i'm not hurt the the lady was not hurt um she also wasn't super upset which is a blessing um but yeah so that happened yesterday but i have a lot of peace about it um been coming up with this idea to get another car but like do really well with it um like get a electric car um here in the next couple months um so really excited about that stay tuned for that probably a review on weisscast who knows um shameless plug but this is not crashcast of course this is weiss camera action the show where each and every week on your favorite podcast service alex erica and i review movies slash series of movies if you like that and you want to be a part of the show Go to patreon.com slash Weisscast, where $1 a month, that tier, grants you the ability to ask questions you want to be aired on the podcast, or you can write in your Darmok reviews. And Alex, you actually have a Darmok review that we missed last week, so this is a great time for an example for that. Yeah, I don't know what happened last week. I just let time get away from me, but this Darmok in review is for... Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. And I, I'm actually glad I didn't read it last week because I got to spruce it up a little bit. 
<clears throat> Sparrow, his eyes opened. Sparrow, when it rises. Jim Norrington and his heart. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm sure the Darmok would be very proud. Um, but yes, There's if you Marianne's... want to... Them too. If you want to be a part of the show and write your Darmok review, patreon.com slash Weisscast. Uh, it's only our third week, so we haven't had anyone write in yet, but you know, there's going to be a first time and I'm very much looking forward to hearing those Darmok reviews. Also, uh, Alex and I are working on new Patreon incentives. Um, so won't necessarily get the show er any earlier or uncut, but we're looking at expanding Patreon, making it better. Um, thank Maybe you to our Patreon the show later. We might, yeah, we might, if anything, it might be next year before we release your show on Patreon. Um, thank you to our Patreon producer, Chronoslinger. If you don't have any change to toss our way, no big deal. You can catch the show each and every Friday on podcast services around the globe. Housekeeping. The globe. In an effort to be more consistent with uploads and better serve you. Our schedule is changing, as I kind of just alluded to earlier. Each episode will now be uploaded everywhere on Friday. Also, like I just said, Alex and I are talking about Patreon incentives next week when I come visit him in undisclosed state. Um, <laughs> can't wait for that. How many Corridans um, are there in the U.S.? Uh, there, there's more than you'd think. There's a court in uh, Kentucky, so going to visit you in Kentucky. Um, today's episode oh, is you. brought to you by Weisscast, but more on that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is, and forever will be, First Impressions. Eric, Fellow Pirates, impress me. So... Um, first impression, I would say, of the very, very beginning of the movie, I was very, I just felt like it was so dreary, which I know the first scene is, like, kind of supposed to be so dreary, and it just kind of sets the tone of the movie to be more dreary. I was really not into it. I just kept saying to Aaron, like, where are the colors? Where is the happiness? Why is this? Like, I wanted to see some fun, bright colors, because that's what I loved about the first two movies, is how beautiful all the shots were. I was just not feeling how dreary it was. But we did have our Wizard of Oz moment when the color did come back eventually in the movie. So that did make me very happy. But that was my first thought was, where are the colors? Alex, I want well, to hear your impressions. I saw this movie in theaters in 2007. And this is the second time I've seen this movie. <laughs> it's been 13 years. So my memory of the movie and my first impressions of the movie were, oh my goodness, this movie is so boring. I, I can't I can't keep up with the movie. What is happening? And then like I remembered snippets, like little scenes of like uh Jack Sparrow and Davy Jones's locker and I completely forgot about Chow Yun Fat for some somehow. Um I remembered something about pirates fighting but then upon second viewing this last sunday i really enjoyed it well i enjoyed it more than i enjoyed the second one on this this viewing 
but I still didn't think it was good as the first one. But it was a lot better than I had remembered it was. So yeah, so I mean, like Erica was saying, this this movie opens on a very dreary note um, with literally um, multiple executions of pirates and pirate sympathizers. Oh gosh, uh, I forgot about that scene. I was thinking of the scene in Singapore as the opening. No, scene. It, yeah, no. Um, the yep. r- random scene that seemingly doesn't fit. But I mean, it's just to show. It's kind of a world-building scene, um, yeah. And it shows that uh, Lord Beckett and the East India Trading Company and the British Royal Navy have like gained control of the seas and like are hunting down pirates. Um, but yeah, like you said, uh, it does go to Singapore from there. I mean, this movie, it I think. <clears throat> I think it flows better as a film than dead man's chest. Um, Mm -hmm. I like the world building that they do. I like how global the movie is. Um, You just have to kind of suspend your disbelief for it um, because they make it to Singapore from Singapore to the, (laughs) to the Caribbean, Um, (laughs) you know, uh, in like no time. It's really hard to tell how much time has passed in this movie. They fall off the map and then they're just, back in the caribbean yep yep uh so i mean obviously it's a it's a pirate fantasy movie so like you got to suspend your disbelief it's not like nowhere in this do they say that this is grounded in realism if it was grounded in realism in any sort of way it would probably be a very boring movie it'd be master Um, commander it would be master and commander um i i really enjoy um this movie and i thought actually Lord Beckett was a lot better of a villain in this film than he was in the last one. Um, put a pin in that subject. We'll put a pin in that subject. Um, but yeah, I mean, I actually really like the intro. Unlike Erica, I <laughs> I appreciate the world building and the song that they're singing um, is very... It's very hopeful. It's It's a catchy song. Um, and it just in stark contrast to the rest of the the imagery. Um, I I really do enjoy this movie a lot. Um, but we'll we'll talk about that more in analysis. Uh, when we get through the plot. Um, also heads up, ladies and gentlemen. This this will be hopefully a shorter episode. Uh, no, it will be. It will be a shorter, shorter episode, episode, but longer movie. Yes, this is the longest movie in the Pirates franchise. Um, actually, it's so long that Erica and I did not watch it in one sitting. We watched half of it one day and then finished it last night. Um, so I actually am really digging this new schedule. So, because it's less hectic, <laughs> recording on Mondays is well. I like recording on Mondays, but spoiler, we're not recording on Monday. Yeah, it's Wednesday, everyone. <laughs> but you guys will be hearing it on Friday or possibly after Friday. Who knows? Time is weird, right? Yep. This is not right. time cast. Um. <laughs> so, the plot. 
Say it with me, guys. All right, thank you. <clears throat> Mass executions of pirates and pirate sympathizers are underway at Fort Charles and Port Royal, behest or at the behest of Lord Cutler Beckett, who begins his war on piracy as he gains control of the dead man's chest, aka Davy Jones' heart. Among those waiting at the gallows is a young cabin boy who begins singing a pirate shanty, Hoist the Colors. The song is picked up by the entire assembly, and its final line, Never Shall We Die, continues to resonate as the singers are hanged. The boy's piece of eight falls to the ground. That is the chilling intro that we've been talking to, not even alluding to. We've been straight up talking about it. Um, there are no spoilers. I mean, there are spoilers. There's no holds barred on spoilers. Yes. If you were concerned with spoilers, why are you listening to this podcast? Um, <laughs> uh, actually, before we get before we um, continue, I forgot to lay some facts. Um, this was released on May 25th, 2007, almost exactly a year after Dead Man's Chest. It runs 170 minutes, aka two hours and 50 minutes. Uh, it had a budget of $300 million and grossed $963 million. Um, that is a stupid huge budget. That is a really big budget. And, you know, on Stranger Tides, it actually had a bigger budget. You know, I, for a while... On Stranger Tides was the most expensive movie ever made, and I don't know if it still holds that title, but for a long time it was. But we will talk about that next week. Um, from the intro, we meet up with our friends in Singapore, um, where Elizabeth Swan is rowing through the streets in a canoe singing the singing more verses of hoist the colors um there she is confronted by a pirate um and is revealed to be in the company of who's she in the company of who's with her the black pearl crew the black pearl crew led by gibbs led by arbosa Oh, Barbosa, yeah. that's Barbosa. right. Thur. Barbosa, my favorite character in Pirates of the Caribbean, um, followed closely by Gibbs. I love Gibbs a lot. So, hang um, on a second. How did they 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 say they need a ship? But how did they get there to Singapore without a ship? Suspend your disbelief, Alex. Come on, just like you know, <laughs> everyone knows Singapore is in the Caribbean. Uh, <laughs> I, I have my doubts, but okay. Any, go on, anyways, go on. Uh, the company makes their way to the bathhouse that is presided over by the feared Captain Sao Fang. Meanwhile, the surviving members that. of the Black Pearl crew. Justin, why would you invite me to a party? I told you I am busy. Um, sorry. Meanwhile, the surviving members of the Black Pearl, um, including Gibbs, Marty, Cotton, Pintle, and Rigetti, are infiltrating the lower levels of the bathhouse. The newest member of the crew, the mystic Tia Dalma, is, a, is disguised nearby as a common hawker. 
After being forced to remove their weapons, Barbosa and Elizabeth meet Sao Fang inside the bathhouse. He questions their intentions to bargain for his navigational charts, revealing that a thief had attempted to steal them earlier in the day. The thief is being held in the bathhouse and is none other than William Turner. This is pretty odd. Like, if you hadn't seen this movie, like, you probably knew that it was Will, right? Right, right? Yeah. I, I, no, I forgot. I kind of forgot no. about him. Oh, well, Erica knew, and she really hadn't seen this movie, so. Um, yeah. Did you, did you, well, I guess Erica hasn't seen Star Wars, unless I'm mistaken, but did you feel you like this was mistaken. like a Star Wars type scene? The, the scene in Singapore, Aaron. I'm sorry. Ask that again. Did you feel like did you does this seem like a Star Wars scene, Star Wars type scene? It seemed very Return of the Jedi to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was watching it, I thought I was thinking Star Wars, mm-hmm. and when they were outside, I was like, "This looks like a set. I can tell this is a set." And it specifically reminded me of Star Wars Episode Nine when. When Poe is on that random planet with that, that uh, I don't, I don't remember who what her name is. Does it she matter? looks like a bounty hunter. <laughs> it looks, yeah, she looks like a bounty hunter. It looks like a set, and it there's like stormtroopers marching around. But it just reminded me of that set for some reason. I don't know why, but yeah, Star Wars vibe. No, yeah, I could tell that this was a set too. It was way too, it was way too dark to be. Mm-hmm actually outside yeah but at the same time i kind of dug that set type look yeah yeah i did too and i think i think it was a smart choice because i mean you gotta think this takes place in the 18th century and it would have been probably that dark Mm -hmm. at night i mean there's there's no electricity or anything so i think it was a smart choice Back to the plot. Yes, I will be interrupting, ladies and gentlemen. I I welcome it. I encourage it from you both. <laughs> Salfing makes to kill him, tricking Elizabeth into giving away their connection to him by gasping in fright. Barbosa takes charge, reminding Fang that the song has been sung and all the pirate lords, of which Fang is one are bound to convene at Shipwreck Cove. Barbosa requires the charts to reach World's End, and from there, descend into Davy Jones' locker to rescue the pirate lord, Captain Jack Sparrow. This angers Fang, who holds a grudge against Sparrow. The crew, hidden below the floorboards, do not help matters by throwing Barbosa and Elizabeth's swords uh, at the mention of the word weapons. During the standoff, Fang notices the bathhouse, bathhouse resident has a fake tattoo, though Barbosa claims the man is not his. At that moment, soldiers from the East India Training Company burst in, led by Mercer. A battle ensued in the bathhouse, which would later lead into the streets of Singapore. Throughout the battle, there have been casualties on both sides, including many East India Training Company soldiers and both of Sao Feng's bodyguards, Park and Leon. At one point, Mercer overhears the conversation between Sao Feng and Will. Turner promises Feng command of the Black Pearl. 
Oh, wait. Turner promises Fang a chance to meet with Lord Beckett and spare himself from the East Indiana Training Company intentions. And in exchange, Will desires the command of the Black Pearl. Fang gives Will the charts and lends Barbosa both a ship, the High Ping, and a crew led by Te Huang. They depart Singapore for World's End. So I'm trying to think is like the the battle that we just um talked about mm-hmm. is there is there another battle like that in the other two movies uh, like i don't i know there's the one at the end of the first movie where they the the soldiers take on the ghost pirates but i don't know I, like I, an I really opening like scene battle. type battle opening scene and um i guess a, a skirmish of swords and guns and like kind of three sides battling each other. I I don't know. It's it just seemed like a different dynamic than the one at the end of the first movie and it wasn't just one on one. I I really dug that scene or that battle. Yeah, I think it was a really cool fight. The only the, the thing that's closest to it, I believe, is like the pirates raiding Port Royal. Yeah in the first one uh, yeah. but obviously that wasn't a three way fight excuse me um, you're excused meanwhile the flying dutchman is laying siege to a pirate fleet utterly destroying its ships in his office, Lord Beckett is musing on the significance of the Peace of Eight, wishing to know the location of the meeting place of the Brethren Court. Governor Weatherby Swan is being forced to sign execution orders. Beckett summons Admiral Norrington and reunites him with an quote-unquote old friend. And it's the swords, the sword that Will Turner forged over a year before. The crew of the High Pang sails across frozen ocean, and Tia Dama explains to Pencil and Rigetti that Jack has been taken to a place, quote, not of death, but punishment, end quote. Will tries in vain to decipher the cryptic instructions on the charts, while Barbosa, Gibbs, and Pintle fill in with information on the, quote, green flash, the signal of a soul returning to the world. What did you guys think about the the frozen... Uh, pirates like the i think you know what i'm getting at yeah no yeah in in my head i just kept singing songs from either frozen or frozen 2 um (laughs) mostly frozen 2 when just they're going into the unknown you know what i mean like i know erica knows what i'm talking about she's just being I'm confused. I'm trying to know what you guys are talking about, and I'm, I'm just talking not. about the pirate who snaps his toe off. That's what I'm talking about. You remember when they go? It's like they're sailing in the Arctic. Yes. They're going to World's End, and then uh, a pirate snaps his toes off because of frostbite. Okay, I think I might have blocked that memory out of my. Oh wait, <gasps> yeah. I do you remember? Yeah. Oh my god. Like Pinsolin yeah. and, and, and Freddy have. Fuck, I remember all of it. 
Pencil and Regretti have like snow and ice in their beards. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my yeah, gosh. and they're they're going into the unknown, you know what I mean? Into like, the unknown. Wow. Into the it. unknown. <laughs> wow, that's funny. Okay. I was actually seeing I was trying to get Erica's reaction because I, I, I wondered if she had disliked this the toe snapping. Oh, there was there was a lot in of gross things in this movie that she disliked. That's very true. Um, very, very true. I'm sure more will come up towards the end of the plot. Yeah. Um, yes. Anyways, wait, sorry, sorry. I, don't have I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyways, they're they're sailing towards World's End in the hope of finding Jack Sparrow. Um, they find what do you know? The end of the world, and in the form of a waterfall and ever since I, I saw this movie so this movie came out in 2007 i would have been uh just ending seventh grade um so still pretty naive um <laughs> and uh yeah i was convinced at that time that there were ocean waterfalls um did you think the world was flat no i did not think the world was flat <laughs> I just was like, oh, an ocean waterfall is kind of cool. Anyways. In the maddening dimension of Davy Jones' locker, Jack Sparrow is suffering under hallucinations on board the Black Pearl. He sees multiple versions of himself crewing the ship. I wanted to say crewing the shrew, but that's that's not right. Crewing the ship. That's another podcast. That's another podcast. The Taming of the Shrew. Um... He cannot command any of them, so he decides to take leave of his vision and jump off the ship. Finds himself in a vast, seemingly endless white sand desert, where he encounters thousands upon thousands of crabs. Under sheer numbers, the crabs lift the Black Pearl and begin rolling it across the dunes. With Jack in pursuit, his former crew have meanwhile made it to the shore of the beach, having survived the fall into the locker. And... At the cost of the hay ping, the crabs retreat to Tiadama just as the Black Pearl crests a nearby dune. Captain Jack Sparrow is standing high on its mat, main mast. And, you know, Alex, I remember telling Erica in this scene, like, how much or how poetic this scene is. Because when we're first introduced to Captain Jack Sparrow, this is what he was imagining himself as. He was on top of the highest point of the black pearl sailing in to a port and you know that's what the audience thought too until it panned out and he was just on a small dinghy but this (laughs) this is poetry this is i think this is good storytelling this is how jack has the pearl and like he's living up to his captain title for sure. Um, when Jack encounters the crew, he doesn't believe that they're actually there. He thinks they're hallucinations. Um, the crew sets sail across the sea, um, and they're sailing for a while. They're sailing for a while, and kind of catching up uh, after being reunited. Apparently, Alex... This movie takes place only two months after 
dead man's chest. So it's not that long. Um, Jack hasn't been gone that long. Um, and they're trying to figure out how to get back to the Caribbean, right? Um, Which leads to a great scene. Leads to a great scene. But before we get to that scene, I need to talk about one of my favorite lines. Uh, Jack starts barking orders to the crew, and Barbosa gets mad. <laughs> uh, and he's like, what are you doing? And Jack's like, what are you doing? And they go, they go back and forth for at least a minute. And it's so funny um, because there's this obviously this obvious um, unbalanced power um, where Barbosa believes that he's still the captain of the Black Pearl. Is this a scene with the t- the telescopes, or is that later? There's two scenes. Yeah. Well, the the one where Barbosa pulls out the long telescope, and then Jax is like really small. yes, <laughs> yes. This is that scene. Um, <laughs> Erica and I talked about how that was very likely phallic in- imagery. Um, oh, no doubt. And but it's it's hilarious. Um, and then. Of course, later in the movie, uh, Jack has this huge telescope. <laughs> this just like comically large telescope that like should be like set up on a tripod and stuff. And it's so funny. Um, <laughs> but yes, up is down. Um, Jack is the first to decipher the charts, and he starts running back and forth on the deck of the pearl and he i was telling this to erica only jack sparrow has the charisma to start running back and forth on the deck of a ship and getting the entire crew in on it without explaining what he's first he does trick them at first but he only he has the charisma to do that right yeah get like everyone Um, on board like i too want to run back and forth to see what he's doing because if he's doing it then i should be doing it Mm-hmm. And eventually, uh, the smarter people on the ship, aka Barbosa and Gibbs and Will and Elizabeth, figure out what he's doing. Um, and they they loose all the cargo and the cannons, and um, they are rocking the ship in an effort to, um, fl- well, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Capsize it. There's your there's your dollar fifty word for the night. Um in order to capsize it and Jack knows the only way to get back is to capsize it and they'll return apparently straight to the Caribbean. Again, suspend your disbelief. Um it's just a really cool scene. Um, like Alex was saying earlier. It's a lot of fun to watch. You got Pintel and Rigetti tied tie themselves up on the crow's nest mast upside down upside down <laughs> they're geniuses like obviously geniuses this way we were right head. side up <laughs> <laughs> they were right side up for like half a second <laughs> yeah i was so happy for them <laughs> so what happens so, next what happens next is upon returning to the Caribbean, they discover the corpse of the Kraken over over which Jack reflects his own mortality. They locate 
this spring, but at the moment, the Empress, the flagship of Sao Feng, is spotted offshore. They are brought aboard. Uh, wait. Uh, Tai Huang reveals his two true colors and ambushes Jack's crew. They are brought aboard the Black Pearl where Feng, excuse me, greets Jack by punching him on the nose before claiming that an old friend, quote, in quotes, wishes to speak with him, directing his attention to the HMS Endeavor. On board, Jack meets Cutler Beckett, who reminds Jack that Davy Jones still wants his debt settled. Aboard the Pearl, Mercer claims the ship for the East India Trading Company, despite having been promised to both Fang and Will. Beckett attempts to pursue Jack to give him information concerning the Brethren Court, while the Barbosa tries to sway Fang into ending his deal with the company by reminding Fang that the Brethren Court has the power to release Calypso and thus bring the power of the seas against Beckett. Jack Let's agrees. Is not somebody we've heard about until this point? I don't um, think. I, th I think that's right. I think that is right. Um, Jack agrees to lead Beckett to Shipwreck Cove in exchange for loyal members of of his crew, though Beckett is interested in what Jack wishes for Elizabeth. Fang himself is also interested in Elizabeth, having been regarded her wait, having been regarding her curiously while Barbosa spoke of Calypso. Over Will's objections, both Barbosa and Elizabeth agreed to Fang's terms while Beckett threatens to kill Jack in order to in order to sorry, I lost my place. Threatens to kill Jack in order to use Jack's compass to find Shipwreck Cove. Jack warns him that if he does this, he will face a very difficult task of taking Shipwreck Cove by force. It offers to lure the pirate lords out of the fortress in exchange for his debt to Jones being withdrawn. Fang finally agrees and takes Elizabeth aboard the Empress and allows the Black Pearl to escape, and his men launch a broadside on the Endeavor. Barbosa duels with Mercer, and fearing for his life, Mercer jumps the ship. Anything from there? Anyone? Bueller? Uh, this is about the part in the movie where things start to get confusing to me, like mm -hmm. people switch sides, loyalties are crossed, and like, yeah, the, like, you, spoilers the 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 middle part of the movie is the the part that drags it down for me like maybe the 45 minutes to an hour in the middle i would agree with that um, yeah i agree too i think that plot wise it was where i was the most confused but visually i'm happy because you know the boat has flipped and the color has come back to the movie so this is the point in the movie where i'm just like Look at that shot it's gorgeous and i'm happy and like you know things like visually look great but it's i would agree it's the part of the plot that i was like this is kind of dragging mm -hmm. it's kind of confusing i also forgot to say before we get too far away from it when they fall over the the waterfall 
it straight up plays a clip from the uh, the ride, like a audio clip. Really? Yeah, it just says something like, I think it plays part of the song, and then it says "Dead Men Tell No Tales." Interesting. Yep. That is very interesting. Cool. Love it. During the confusion, Jack seals his deal with Beckett and makes a swashbuckling escape back to the Pearl. Beckett orders the Flying Dutchman to pursue the Empress, though his own pursuit of Sparrow's crew is delayed by the damage suffered by his ship. On board the Empress, Fang has Elizabeth dressed in his fine Chinese silks and calls her Calypso. Elizabeth plays along, though rebuffs Fang's romantic advances. The pirate lord becomes angry and forces himself on her. At that moment, the ship comes under attack from the Flying Dutchman, and Captain's cabin is hit. Elizabeth recovers to find Fang knocked against the wall, impaled by a piece of wood. He implores her to go to Shipwreck Cove in his place, giving her his piece of eight. And the title of Captain. And, and yes, names her as successor successor both as pirate lord and captain of the empress he dies still believing her to be calypso though tae huang is not ready to accept his new captain the crew are rounded up on deck where elizabeth is reunited with norrington he claims to be unaware of whether he's oh right we skipped over this but uh on the way to world's end or on the way back one of those um we see governor swan in a boat oh yes um this is symbolizing that he has passed and uh elizabeth swan is very upset understandably so um but so with the exit of captain was it south I can't say Southang. Southang. Did you guys feel like Chow Yun Fat was a little wasted in the movie? I feel like his character was wasted. Because, like, he's a martial arts actor and they didn't use anything of his martial artsness. So, and yeah, the character was wasted. I feel like. Erica, did you feel like Chow, or uh, Southang's character was kind of wasted? Um, that wasn't really something that I thought about, but now that you mention it, like, yeah, I definitely see what you guys mean. But no, as I was watching it, that wasn't something that crossed my mind. But I can see what y'all mean by that, yeah. Yeah, I think if it were my first viewing as well, I wouldn't necessarily dive that, not that, not that that's very deep, but like, I wouldn't think about it as much, mm -hmm. but this... Uh, I think, Alex, this is my third or fourth viewing, and I know this is your second. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't think that I would catch that on my initial viewing as much. I, mean, I do I think he was kind of... I forgot he was in the movie until my second viewing. Mm -hmm. I do think his death was a little unceremonious. Mm -hmm. I think it would have had greater impact if it had happened later in the story although i see why it happened at this point yeah um 
Well, let's see. Where was I? Where was I? <clears throat> Admiral. Doo, doo, doo. Where am I? I think we're at Pirate's Cove now. Possibly. Oh, I found it. Um, Norrington claims to be unaware of Governor Swan's death, though he spares Elizabeth from Davy Jones. Elizabeth is unable to forgive him for choosing the side of the enemy. Elizabeth and her new crew are locked in the brig of the Flying Dutchman with the Empress in tow behind. Elizabeth encounters bootstrap Bill Turner, who has fallen into a state of madness able only to recall his name and that Will promised to free him. He managed to identify Elizabeth as the girl his son loves and despairs that Will would never choose to bind himself to the Flying Dutchman and free his father when he could remain with Elizabeth. He lapses back into insanity, forgetting the conversation completely, stating that only Will is coming from him. Meanwhile, Beckett and <clears throat> Lieutenant Greitzer are following the trail of bodies tied to barrels, evidently, as a path to Shipwreck Cove. Beckett considers it to be a gambit by a skilled opponent. It turns out that it is Will who is leaving the trail and is confronted by Jack, who mocks Will's decision to do as promised at... Wait. Promised at... That is... That is a weird sentence. Did you type that <laughs> sentence? I did not type the sentence. Anyways, he thinks it's weird that he's trying to lead Beckett to Shipwreck Cove. He then mm -hmm. reveals his intention to replace Jones as captain of the Flying Dutchman, allowing Will to avoid the choice between Elizabeth and Bootstrap. Jack considers binding himself to the Flying Dutchman to be a form of freedom, though is not prepared to to the duty his hands or he hands will his compass he then sends him overboard intending him to be picked up by the endeavor oh i forgot about that i was like how does will end up aboard the endeavor and i just completely forgot about that all right to the brethren court this is madness. This is politics. Elizabeth Swan and Jack Sparrow. The Black Pearl <clears throat> arrives at Shipwreck Island where Barbosa confronts Tia Dalma. He names her as Calypso and orders Pintel and Rigetti to lock her in the brig, ensuring that she is unable to escape before Barbosa can free her. Is this when he finally, like they finally say Pintel and Rigetti on screen? Because they're they, they like Barbosa finally he says their names out loud for the first time. That sounds familiar. Um, he is left contemplating the reason he was brought back from the dead by Dama, and his fate should fall to free. Wait, his fate sh should he fail to free Calypso? Meanwhile, Davy Jones is summoned aboard the HMS Endeavor, where Cutler Beckett is drinking tea with Will. 
and informs Jones of Jack's continued survival, though Beckett soon turns the conversation to the subject of Calypso. Jones is particular, particularly vehement in lambasting his former love and enraged to learn the Brethren intends to release her, though Jones reveals that it was he who showed, first showed the Brethren court how to bind her, thus matching Calypso's betrayal with one of his own. Will now strikes a bargain of his own. In return, for the freedom of his father, Elizabeth and himself, Will will help lead Beckett and Jones to Shipwreck Cove with the help of Jack's compass. An additional prize from Jones is that he would have Calypso murdered. The fourth meeting of the Brethren Court is officially opened by Barbosa, who asks his fellow eight lords to present their pieces of eight symbols of their lordship, though in actuality are little more than pieces of junk. Rigetti hands over his wooden eye as Barbosa's piece, though Jack attempts to stall for time in order to avoid handing in his piece. Elizabeth Swan interrupts at that moment, proclaiming the death of Salfang and her position as his successor. The brethren do not take well to this news and do not take Will or Elizabeth's warning that the Flying Dutch approaches or her suggestion to fight seriously, believing Shipwreck Cove to be an impenetrable fortress. Barbosa, however, voices his plan to free Calypso to use her wrath against Lord Beckett. The court opposes the notion in as... Arguments turn into provocations. The meeting descends into a brawl. Anything yet? Anyone? Uh, there's a certain cameo I want to point out when it's there. Beautiful. While the meeting continues, Davy Jones arrives aboard the Black Pearl to confront Tia Dalma. He angrily asks her why she did not meet him on his day ashore, and Dalma simply replies that it is her nature. She moment. One second. She momentarily reverts Jones back to his human form, promising to give him her heart when she is freed. Also, vows to turn against the Brethren Court and show them the full extent of her cruelty. The court stops fighting for a moment to listen to a rambling monologue by Jack, who agrees with Elizabeth, stating that the pirates must fight if only to run away, pointing out the dangers of the other two plans. Calypso may not be too friendly towards the pirates, and then they may kill each other if... They hole up in Shipwreck Cove. However, Barbosa reminds the court that the declaration of war can only be passed by the Pirate King, and no one has held that title since the First Brethren. To settle the matter, Barbosa calls upon Captain Teague, Keeper of the Code. Played by none other than Keith Richards of Rolling Stones fame. I think they was a pretty good casting, even though I've never seen him act before, before this movie. Yeah, I mean, they they cast him because it's like an end joke. Uh, Johnny Depp was did his basis performance off of Keith Richards. 
That was really Keith Richards. That was really Keith Richards. No way. I thought Aaron, I, you said it and I thought you were joking because it looked like him. I thought there was no way it was actually him. <laughs> <laughs> also, you get the the latest scene with our, our favorite pet, the dog. And we find oh, out yes. what his key unlocks. It's the book. Yes, yes. Um, Captain Teague Bailed summons up. the dog and um, it's kind of a fun wink and nod to the end of the last movie when you think, oh crap, this dog is about to be eaten by cannibals. That's a good segue into something we forgot from Dead Man's Chest. We forgot the post credit scene. There's a post credit scene where the the dog is sitting on the throne of the cannibal island. Yes, and they worship this dog, but you still think, oh no, they were worshiping Jack and they were about to eat him. That's true. So, so there's uh, a post credit scene on after dead for dead or at World's End as well. There is. There is, and we'll get to it. I'll talk about it when we get to it. Well, cool. Because it's plot related. Plot, plot, plot. Uh, Can I actually get... interject really quick? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so sorry. We can cut this out if we need to, but Ruth's mom is on her way home Um, earlier than we thought. I just needed to say that. I don't really know what to do about that bit of information, but there we go. All right. Um... I might just speed through the rest of this. Uh... So pretty much Teague confirms that uh, Barbosa's right. They agree that they need to both release Calypso and go to war. Um, that's the only way to run away. They, by they, I mean the whole Brethren Court, all the ships, um, you know, dozens and dozens of ships go are prepared to fight the legion known as the Eastern Duty Trading Company, um, led by Cutler Beckett and Davy Jones. Um, upon releasing Calypso from her mortal earthly body. flesh, mortal <laughs> body sounds better than earthly flesh. Um, she creates this whirlpool that the Flying Dutchman and the Black Pearl are trapped in. And there's this really cool, just like swirling of these two ships. They're literally just circling each other. And there's this huge fight. Um, one of my favorite scenes happens uh, during this fight. Uh, Will reproposes to. Um, Elizabeth Swan, and she accepts, and they get married right on the spot. Um, mm -hmm. they ask Barbosa to marry them on the spot, and he's like, "I'm busy," and they're like, "Just do it." And <laughs> when he decides, he's like, "All right," he's like, "Dearly beloved, we gather here." And he's just kicking butt left and right, killing fish zombie pirates left and right. Um, East India Trading Company pirates. Actually, no, there's not any East India Trading Company pirates. Um, it's just the fish zombies. Um, 
and it's one of the i think it's one of the best scenes in the trilogy um just again i'm a sucker for barbosa love barbosa so much um elizabeth and will get married um they're able to fight and in this confusion um of the battle um jack sneaks away in order to get the chest with davy jones heart in it and who is guarding the chest mulrug or murtog and mulroy yep back again back at it again um and there's another hilarious dialogue between them and jack just distracts them by getting them off track and uh steals the chest with davy jones heart davy jones and jack have a really good sword fight on top of the flying dutchman do you you looked like you were about to say something no i i i i, I remember that now mm-hmm. um and multog and more multog and more more and mulroy yeah Murtaugh and Mulroy, them, they they escape the ship and go to the Black Pearl and then disguise mm-hmm. themselves as pirates. They yes, just, they. So good. They abandon their post and join the pirates of the Black Pearl. Um, the the fight between Davy Jones and captain jack is really really good like i've been saying um i wouldn't say it's like as good as either of the battles in the first two movies like Mm -mm. just the wheel scene's very iconic and then so is um the the blacksmith scene um yeah but it's still it still holds its own he's just frozen Yep. I guess we'll continue, huh? Yep. Where was I? Uh, Davy Jones and Jack are fighting. It's not as good as the first two. Ah, uh, yes. <clears throat> this battle, again, wasn't as good, but it still it still holds its own, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jack has the chest. Davy Jones has the key. He's holding it with one of his gross beard tentacle things um and jack somehow cuts the gross tentacle beard thing off um yeah well like one of the underside tentacles too mm -hmm. don't know how he does it again suspend your disbelief um and it falls all the way down to the deck of the ship um jack attempts to to go after it um and you know there's like this this battle rages on um will and elizabeth come aboard the uh the flying dutchman sorry forgot the name of it for a second uh and then then the um the battle heats up even more. Will begins fighting Barbosa, not Barbosa. Whoops, Davy Jones. Jones, and it's a pretty good fight. 
and um, just when Jack is about to stab the heart of Davy Jones, Davy Jones is quicker and actually stabs Will, killing him. Um, and at that point, um, we're like, oh no, Will's dead, but then they uh, make some things happen to where Will is holding uh, a knife and stabs um, oh wait Erica said she can still hear us we can't hear her am I here? There yes. you are. Oh, excellent. Okay, great news. Hi. I had to say hi to Ruth's mom, and then I stepped outside. So I'm good. I am here. I don't know if I'm vis visually here. Am I? No. Oh, you're getting there. Oh, hello. Hi. Um. <laughs> yeah. We're really close to the sorry end of the movie. So sorry about that brief intermission. I'm right. here. It's all good. It's a it's okay. We made a note of it. Alex, if you'll, when you send me the download link, will you? 55 minutes. Is that about it? 55 minutes. And then also again at a little over an hour. Okay. Like maybe hour one, hour two. So Will Turner is about to stab the heart of Davy Jones. Mm -hmm. And in the meanwhile, he's being He's about to die from Davy Jones's sword. Mm -hmm. That's that's where we left off. But like you, I I think it's shot in a way where you don't know that he's about to stab the heart. Like yep. it's like, oh no, he's about to die. He's about to die. And then like you, I think you see his hand go down, and then then there's a wide shot of the stabbing of the heart, and mm -hmm. then Davy Jones dies. Yeah, and Davy Jones is like. Calypso and falls overboard into the whirlpool. Um, yeah, so uh, Elizabeth's mourning um, Will's apparent death. They don't know if him stabbing Davy Jones' heart um, actually worked or not. Um, they, by they, I mean Jack and Elizabeth, escape the Dutchman on a really cool little parasail thing. Um, the Dutchman. Don't the Dutchman crew come towards Will and it's heavily implied that they cut his heart out? Yes. Yes, I was getting there. Sorry. You're okay. Uh, they do what Alex just said and they say part of the ship, part of the crew in a very creepy incantation. Um, and Elizabeth and Jack escape, like I just said. Um, from there... The ship is consumed by the whirlpool, the Dutchman. And like I said, Jack and Elizabeth escape. Um, and they realize that it's kind of one of those out of the frying pan into the fire type situations. Because just because the, the flying Dutchman has been defeated... Um, does not mean the battle is won. There is still literally a legion of ships to take mm -hmm. on. 
which sort of surprised and me when you were watching the movie. This, led by Beckett. And they, uh... wait, what? She, she was sorry. Something. I was just, I was just saying. I rem- when we were watching it, and like the the Flying Dutchman goes down. I'm like, oh, excellent, they did it. And then I had totally forgotten there was a whole another Legion of Ships coming. That like when I saw that, I was like, oh shoot, I kind of had forgotten that that was happening. Anyway, I thought that was funny. Um. Yeah. I and <laughs> the what you call it, the endeavor, full speed towards the Legion of Ships, uh, led by the Black Pearl, intending to sink the Pearl, um, but just as that happens, the Flying Dutchman comes back under the captainship of one William Turner. Um, And somewhere he got a bandana. (laughs) He he died with no bandana, sunk for like 10 minutes, and then came back with a bandana. And you know what? I don't hate the look. Um, I guess that's his captain. His captain insignia is his bandana. But, uh, the Pearl and the Dutchman get on either side of the Endeavor, blow it to smithereens, Cutler Beckett, Cutler Beckett it is useless, says it's all good business, and the rest of the people abandon ship and he dies um, a very lonely death, just like he deserves. Is that cruel? A little bit, but we were all thinking it. <laughs> um, that's not the end of the movie, though. There is an epilogue. Um, in the epilogue, let me read this. Ten years later. That's after the credits. Oh, wait. That's the epilogue yeah. epilogue. There's some, there's a scene before the credits you're wanting to talk about. Uh, though. Yep. Um, Will is now the captain of the Dutch, the Dutchman. Elizabeth is heartbroken, thinking Will is dead, but the Flying Dutchman emerges from the sea, like I just said. Um, the pirates are victorious, but learn that the Flying Dutchman may stay, must stay in the undersea world and can only come to shore for one day every ten years. Will frees his father, but Bootstrap Bill decides to remain with his son on the ship of his own free will. (laughs) There's a lot of wills. Will and Elizabeth spend their, quote, last day together, unquote, on the beach, and promises she will wait for him and keep his heart safe. After discovering that Barbosa has made off with the Black Pearl, Jack sails off in a dinghy. Barbosa attempts to show the crew where the Fountain of Youth is on Salfang's charts, but he discovers that a large chunk has been removed from the charts by and Jack what are they himself. For? The Fountain yeah. of Youth. Next movie. Next movie. Um, okay. All right, Alex, talk about the epilogue. So, after the credits, uh, there's a... Uh, shot a of a little kid and uh elizabeth swan uh 
walking together, and it says ten years later, and the kid's looking out into the sea, and he's like, "What's out there? What's out there?" And he doesn't say anything. He just you can kind of see on his face what's out there, and then all of a sudden the Flying Dutchman pops up, and you see Will Turner meeting his son for the first time. Which I think is pretty suspect because, I mean, they obviously just kiss. Um, and uh, I'm no expert, Alex, but I don't think you can get pregnant by kissing. I, um, I've never been pregnant. Also, I asked Chelsea this because we watched the movie together. I was wondering how they consummated the marriage if Will did not have a heart. So, just... <laughs> Again, suspend your disbelief. Uh, apparently, they were Will and Elizabeth were um, writing to each other by carrier pigeon, and they agreed to adopt this child. Um, yeah, so Will's adopted son, Will Junior. Um, yeah, uh, we'll meet him. We will meet him again in a later movie. All right. Although his name changed. I, I don't know if he has a name in this movie. Oh. Um, analysis. Favorite scenes. Boop. What works, boop, what doesn't. Boop, boop, boop. Analysis. Boop, boop, boop. Analysis. Boop, 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 boop. Bye, Erica. What the? Hello, Erica. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I I said it in my first impressions. I enjoy this movie. Um, I'd say it's probably thirty minutes too long. Yep. Um, a lot of that middle could be cut down or condensed. Yep. Uh, um, but overall, I really enjoy this movie. Yes. I do too. I want to hear Erica's analysis, then I'll lay it on everybody. So, my thoughts. I really like this one. I agree that it was a little bit long, and so I kind of got, um, I wouldn't say it lost my attention, but it was hard for me to keep track of everything that was happening, I guess, towards the middle. Um, but again, I was not a big fan of the opening sequence, and I'm just not a huge um i'm not a huge person that enjoys a lot of violence this one just seems a little bit more violent than the other ones and a little bit more dreary which is not my favorite um but then again i did love my wizard of oz moment when all the color came back to the movie that made me very happy and um there are lots of aspects of it that i did like so um compared to the first two i still like the second one the best and i guess i like the first one next and then this one last so far. But that's not because I didn't enjoy it. I still liked it a lot. Yeah, I like the I like the first third of the movie where like I can't believe I forgot the gallows scene, but yeah, where they're in Singapore and they're like plotting to find Jack and then they go to World's End and they get Jack. And then when they get into all the business of backstabbings and side dealings and double crosses that kind of loses me 
but at the end when it's just like okay let's fight it out then that that's when it comes back around for me so um oh we got to talk about beckett because i i feel like beckett's role and no not beckett yeah it's yeah beckett and norrington could have been one in the same role like norrington could have been beckett and they could have had this really cool story arc where he is like fallen from grace in the first movie and then he's on the outs in the second one like not in the he's kind of against the east india trade company or they the royal navy and then the third one he tries to redeem himself by controlling davy jones and then ultimately fails but they had they decided to write another role of lord beckett yeah i agree they're kind of interchangeable yeah also uh breaking news uh, movie related um i know this isn't ne- necessarily a movie news podcast but um it has been confirmed that the wonder woman sequel is coming to hbo max on christmas day that's exciting i'm excited about it i i really enjoyed the first wonder woman movie and thanks to my wonderful roommate I have HBO Max, so um, I will be watching that. And who knows, maybe maybe one day on Wise Camera Action we'll do a DC uh, Extended Universe. Or a DC, what is it called? DC, yeah, DC Extended Universe. Yeah. In review. Um, we totally could do that. All right, rankings. Um, Erica, you gave your vote. You think two, one, three. Yes. Alex, I'm curious as to your vote. Oh, one, three, two. <laughs> Seven point five. That's my. Oh yeah, what's a what's a number for you, Erica? Um, I would still give this one a sub. A seven, maybe if I had to make the numbers align with my ranking, I would give it a 6.5, but that seems a little low compared to how much I actually enjoyed it. I really did like it, so I would say a seven. I mean, you could... There's no rules. I, mean, I would say seven. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could say Black Pearl was 7.5. That's comfor- comfortable to say. Yeah. That, aligns, that aligns with your... Gorgeous. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Erica, but I have to agree with Alex. That's okay. <laughs> um, one, three, two. Uh, and just to make the numbers align with mine, I would give it a 7.75. <laughs> just to make the numbers add up. Amazing. Um, yeah, it's 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 hard for me again because Dead Man's Chest, in a lot of ways, is so close to being just an amazing movie. And I think if 
Curse of the Black Pearl and Dead Man's Chest were like edited to be one movie or one cohesive story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it would have been far and away better than this movie. Um, like if Dead Man's Chest were the character introductions, but we had the character introductions in Curse of the Black Pearl. Um. So the official rankings are number one, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Number two, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. And number three, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. Um, we did not do Kudu Fudu or Kudu Badu. That's because there are no... I'm sorry? No new bad guys. No new bad guys, no new funny guys. Um, Although Mulrog and Murtog and Mulroy... Why do we... Why did they have to give them both M names? Um, Were reintroduced. And they did have some comical scenes. Pintle and Rigetti were amazing, as usual. Um, Next week, we will be recording and watching... Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Oh dear. Um, Erica, I do not know if you were on the call yet, but I was like, we should watch and record maybe in the same night. That sounds daunting. It does. It sounds fun, though. I'm down. Can you upload it and record it right afterwards? Wait, what? I said if you record it the same day, like, can you edit it right after we record it? Yeah. Okay. Sure can. And it doesn't have to be all one, like, we can pick Erica up from the airport, come back, watch the movie, hang out for a, a while, then record later. Like, it doesn't have to be all, you know, like a four-hour ordeal. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. That sounds... That does sound daunting and awful. Yeah. But, uh, folks, this has been Weiss Camera Action, and I just remembered. I forgot to bring you a word from our sponsor, Weisscast. One second before we end. Alex and Erica. Yes. Yes. Do you like one of the above gaming movies and or TV? Yes, yes. I can confirm. Well, shoot dang, do I have the show for you. Listen to the podcast that started it all, Weisscast, for nearly two years now. It has been available on your favorite podcast service, and it has gone through some growing pains, but it has finally hit its stride. If you like that and want to be a part of the show, go to patreon.com slash Weisscast, where $1 a month grants you the ability to ask your questions that you want to be aired on the podcast. Also, feel free to correct when we make mistakes at www.weisscast.com slash your dash wrong, we'd love to hear our mistakes and we'll air them on the very following episode. Enough from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Weiss Camera Action. The show where each and every week, Erica, Alex, and I review movies and rank them. Uh, 
I, of course, am your host, Aaron Weiss. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Weiss is Right. Follow Weisscast on Instagram and Twitter for the latest Weisscast and Weiss Camera Action news. Erica, where can they find you? Alex, can you hear her? No. We can't hear you for some reason, Erica. Shall I speak again? Yes, please. Where Probably. can they find you? You can find, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at erica.lav. You can find me on Twitter at underscore lavender ICA. And Alex, where can they find you? Alexander M. Weiss on Twitter and Instagram. And apparently I'm still on YouTube because I got a subscriber today, even though I haven't uploaded a video in four years. Congratulations. GG. This has been Weiss Camera Action. It has been our pleasure to review this movie for you. See you next week on Stranger Tides. See ya.